Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Within this podcast, you will encounter content that will instill hope, fortify your faith, offer practical real-life insights, spread the love of Jesus, and inspire you to fulfill your unique purpose. Now, please stay tuned as we prepare to delve into this week's message. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. I was just telling Sarah, showing Sarah before. Uh, I love technology, but I also can't stand it because I don't have my notes. So who's praying for me? Amen? John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Lord, help me. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Who loves technology? Amen? Who doesn't like it as much either at times? So you're going to help me by just praying for me as we go into the Word. Today I want to bring a message to all of us titled, Trust the water. Someone say it. Trust the water. Trust the water. 97% of the earth's water surface or water supply is basically salt water in ocean form. The other 2% is in fresh water sources like uh, rivers and things that are moving in streams and surface water. Recently, we had the privilege to go on vacation to the Dominican Republic And we were out in the ocean, we were in the pools, different types of water, chlorinated water, salt water, and whoever drank the ocean water felt the salt basically go right down into their systems. Whoever drank the pool water maybe felt it later in their digestive systems. But you felt it, and then also in our room there was a sign in our bathroom and we saw the bottled water in the bathroom supplied. And... Then we also saw a sign that said, no potable, no potable. It means not drinkable. This is the tap water that you would see. That water, we were told even before we went, but we made sure we didn't drink it, is not water that's clean, uh, clean, filtered, or capable for us to ingest. In all these moments, we were kind of made aware, reminded, hey, don't trust the water. You can't trust the water that you see coming out of the faucet. You can't trust the water in the ocean. God knows what's in there. You can't trust the water that's in the pool. God knows what's happening under there. You can't trust any of these waters. But then my wife was in the pool and actually not in the pool, in the ocean too, and for just so you know, my wife Sharon, she's not here today, but uh, if you don't know this, here's a little fun fact. She does not know how to swim. She does not or did not know how to swim all these years. She asked me to teach her, and I tried to teach her all these years, but it never worked. Sometimes it's better not for the spouse to be the teacher for the other person. It's better for maybe someone else to teach. But this time, a friend Susan was there and 
I just stepped back and Susan was giving her tips and principles and took her through a swimming lesson one-on-one right there in the middle of the ocean. In a matter of a few moments, she start, Sharon started floating and it's like she hit the jackpot. In the ocean, not in the pool, not in three feet, four feet. In the ocean, she started floating. Then slowly she started swimming. And then she got so excited, she got back to the pool at the hotel, said, I want to swim. And we're looking for Sharon, and she's swimming around in different places. But even then, she was being taught the principles. I stepped back and wondered, wait a minute, I tried all these years, and how come she didn't learn from me? Then I realized, then we talked about it, it was a deep conversation on this trip. Then it kind of hit me. I just was thrown into the pool that we had in our home. No one taught me, or I never learned the principles of floating, the principles of swimming, what it, what it meant and what it all entailed. We were just three boys in the water, and we just tried to figure it out. We held to the side of the pool, kicked our legs, and realized, oh, we can stay up a little bit. Then we started moving our arms, and we figured it out, us three in the backyard pool. Because we were not taught the principles, it was not a, opportunistic for us to teach principles we did not know. That's why I realized I could not teach my wife how to swim because I didn't know the principles that Susan was showing her and teaching her. I'm thankful for the principles that we have, not just in swimming and not just in life. But one thing, one phrase that Susan told her in the middle of it was trust the water. Trust the water when she was learning how to float. And I, I still don't know how to float. I know how to swim, but I don't know how to float. I was trying to learn how to float too. My kids know. When you try to learn how to float, you have to somehow be as relaxed as possible, spread yourself out as much as possible, and keep your head above the water and be flat as possible, all those things. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it said trust the water because the water will do its job. When you study the principles of floating, it literally means your weight in the water is displaced. And when that balances out, you float. You got to trust the water, relax yourselves, and let the water do its job. But there's also times in the water you don't trust the water. In the oceans, you don't trust it because there are currents happening. You don't trust the pool water maybe because it's too deep. You don't trust it for many reasons. But in that one instance, that word, that phrase, trust the water, really just kind of hit me in that moment and just kind of started this thought of, hey, how can we trust the water? Not to, for swimming or floating. But there is a living water that is supplied to each and every believer in Jesus Christ. When we go through the waters or the storms of life, the journey of life, there's going to be rough, choppy waters. There's going to be waters that we thought can feed us, quench our thirst, but we still end up thirsty after we enjoy that water. And I want to just unpack something for us in a few minutes that we have from this scripture, John chapter 7, verse 37, 38, and 39. To remind us, there's one source of water that we can trust. And it is not a pool, an ocean. It is not salt water, chlorinated water, or cleansed or filtered water. It is the source of a powerful fountain of living waters coming from the Heavenly Father himself through the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the living waters that we can trust. Amen? So I, wanted you, I want you to just follow with me as we unpack this for a moment. 
It says in John chapter 7, verse 37, on that last day, that great day of the feast, this feast that is being talked about is the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles, the one great celebration feast in the Jewish custom and religion, right before the Passover feast, this is the feast. It lasted seven days. Seven days this feast lasted. There was celebration. But on this last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, what is the importance of the Feast of Tabernacles? I want to teach here for a moment. The Feast of Tabernacles is a feast that was instituted and celebrated when God was leading the children of Israel through the wilderness and providing them source and resource and provision of water while they were journeying through a dry wilderness season. So make sure that we understand that. When the Israelites were going from um, Egypt to the promised land of Cana, there was the 40 years of the wilderness journey. And throughout those 40 years, God was providing for them in the desert water sources. God was providing for them in many different ways. And this feast was a, a commemoration or celebration to look back and remember on what God did for their forefathers back then. But they still kept remembering it through this institution of the feast. Amen? There's nothing that the Lord says, the Bible says, and don't let anyone tell us that we cannot remember and celebrate what God has done for us in our lives. Amen? Because he did it 40 years ago or a generation ago, even if you are alive, you are present, or you are not, if you have heard about the goodness of God, if you have experienced the goodness of God, you should celebrate what he has done in your life. Take a moment to testify. Take a time out to celebrate and praise God for what God has done for you in the dry wilderness seasons of your life. You may be sitting in a plush season right now. You may be enjoying your promised land season right now, but there was a dry wilderness season, wasn't there? There was a hard time before, or you may be in it right now, but the Holy Spirit is reminding you, you must remember to celebrate how we provided for you in the dry wilderness season of your life. And this celebration lasted seven days. A seven-day party in the house of God. A seven-day party in the temple courts of God. They were celebrating in the house of God. Because of what the Lord had done. They didn't walk through the wilderness, but their forefathers did. Amen? You know, we're starting to understand as we're raising our three girls... They've experienced so many things in their short little lives than more than we have experienced in all of our lives. It took me 44 years to experience a lot of things. But my seven-year-old girl has experienced all those things that I've experienced since she's been alive. And I, I just told her, even yesterday as we were driving somewhere, I just told her, you should experience more than what you experienced with us in your time. In your generation, in your family, I pray that you experience greater things in your life. Don't settle for what you had with mama and dada. Go for whatever God has for you. Amen? Speak those things over your children regardless of what age they are. I was talking to my 7-year-old, but my 15 and my 11-year-old also heard it. That they need to trust in the Lord. That they saw God take care of their parents. That they would see God do it for them in their generation. So on this last day, seven days, and in, la in those seven days, every day, they were, there was a, a ceremony that they took a golden pitcher and went to the pools of Siloam. And there was a pool of water that was there. 
A pool of water that was there. That water was used for healing the ministry of Jesus Christ for the healing of others. That water was supposedly purified water. That's what they believed. They brought pitchers of water daily into the temple of God and poured it over the altar as a sacrifice, but also as a worship unto the Lord, as a remembrance of what God has provided. Every day, for seven days, once a day, they're bringing that golden pitcher filled with water from the pool of Siloam to the altars in the temple, pouring it over the altar and remembering and celebrating what God has done. Seven days now, but it says the last day. The scholars say now this was probably the eighth day. And the Israelites, uh, the nation's story and journey, it's probably signifying the time that they walked into the land of the promise. Where was the spring of waters that they walked into? On that eighth day, Jesus stood there in the temple courts. Jesus stood there after a time of celebration. On the eighth day, there was no golden pitcher. There was no water from the pool of Siloam being brought to the altar. That was done for the first seven days. But now on the eighth day, there was no water being brought to the altar. And in that moment, Jesus is saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And drink. You see, when the waters of the pools of, from the pool of Siloam did not come to the worship place at the altar in the temple, when water stopped coming from the pool of Siloam, when water stopped coming from the natural sources, when water stopped coming because of man's efforts, when water stopped coming into the house of God because of what man was able to bring into the house of the Lord, Jesus stood in that place of lack. Jesus stood in that place of the absence of water from the pools of Siloam and said, hey, in the temple courts, not in the, temp in the holy place. He stood out in the temple courts and he did not whisper it. And generally in his ministry, the tone was a conversational tone. The tone of his talk and language was a relaxed, not a whisper, but it was conversational. We have our different tones, right? How many of you have your different tones and you're talking? Oh, your smiles are coming out. How many of you have your tones? Kids, how many of you have different tones? Right? You have your friend tone, then your parent tone, then your house tone. Husbands, you have your tones? Why are you looking around at other people? Look at yourself. You have your tones. Jesus also had his tones. He had his ministry tones in the, in the streets and the byways, but here at the courts, basically he's standing at the lobby of our church or at the, at the entrance of our church, and he's telling the people as they're walking in, listen. Listen, he raised his voice. The Bible, if you study, it says that he raised his voice. It says that if Jesus stood and cried out, he said, if any man, he shouted, if any man thirst, if any one of you is thirsty, you were looking for the waters from the pools of Siloam. You were looking for the waters of relationships. If you're looking for the waters from people, if you're looking for the waters from natural earthly sources, if any man thirst, because yes, on the eighth day, they were still thirsty. On the ninth day, they were still thirsty. On the hundredth day, they could still be thirsty. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Not the pools of Siloam. Not the pools of, the, of water in the altar. But let him come unto me. I am the greater source in the pool of Siloam. I am the greater source in the altar in the house of God. I am the greater source than any source of this earth. I am the greater source. I am the living waters. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Here's the beauty in that first part. If anyone thirsts, someone say, if anyone thirsts. Anyone thirst. There's a beauty in that. There's a huge broad reach with that. 
If anyone, say anyone. Any nationality, any financial class, any status, any educational background, any race, any ethnicity, whatever. If anyone, someone say anyone. Anyone, anyone and everyone, right? Anyone. It's so broad, but then just with the next word, he makes it so narrow. If anyone, thirst. If anyone, thirst. It could be anyone, but you have to have a thirst. You could be anyone. God will feed and quench the thirst of anyone, but you got to sense the thirst in your spirit, man. When we come hungry and thirsty in the presence of God, in your personal prayer time, in your devotion time, in your family worship time, in the corporate time of worship celebration here in the house of God, if we would come hungry and thirsty, my God, he would pour out his living waters into our spirit, man. And he would not refresh us, not revive us, not just restore us, but he would give us life, life everlasting. If anyone thirsts, let him come unto, who is it? Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If anyone thirsts, let him come unto me. First thing is this, you have to come to Jesus. You have to come to Jesus. But then there's a second part. You have to believe in Jesus. Not just come. It's great that you come. It's great that you hear. It's great that you sing. It's great that you serve. It's great. But you got to believe in who you are coming to. You have to believe the person, the God, the Trinity, the, the whole fullness of who God is. You have to not just come to him. You have to believe in him. Put your faith in Jesus. And in my study, I was led to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, as we ponder on that point. It says that in Jeremiah 2, 13, if you would turn there or if you want to bring your attention to the screens, it says, for my people have committed two evils. How many evils? Two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Who is the fountain of living waters? God or Jesus, right? The fountain of living waters. They have forsaken me. And hewn or made themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They have done two evils. They have forsaken God, the fountain of living waters. And also, not just that. Basically, he's saying to the people of Israel, you, you've turned your back on me. You've been disloyal to me. God is speaking. You've been disobedient to me, and you've turned away from me. You've walked away from me. But now, not just that, you have started to make cisterns for yourself that is already broken, and you cannot survive off of those cisterns. And cisterns, what is cisterns? It's not a word that we use today. It's basically, if you could imagine in the ground, a huge pit in the ground, a huge pit. They go in there and seal it up as much as they can with natural elements or plaster. This is in the ground, okay? Imagine in your background, there's a huge pit. And you've made yourself a cistern right there. What they're trying to do is catch all the water from wherever the water source is coming. And they're pooling it up now. They're feeding it with a, a drainage system. They're feeding it into um, this cistern, this pit in, the, in their backyard. And they're just saying, I got this cistern and I've now created a supply for myself. Amen? You've created a supply for yourself. When the fountain of living waters is flowing, where there's life in those waters, and it's moving waters, you've now created a pit that catches that living water, and it now starts to stagnate. 
Has anyone ever played in standing water? What's some things about standing water or stagnant water? Bacteria starts to build up in stagnant water, right? Fungi, living creatures, mosquitoes start to fly around in standing water. That's why they tell you don't create places with their standing water. Move up, move the water or make sure it dries out. Because in standing stagnant water, there is no hope for life. We have created cisterns in our earthly sense. We did not dig pits in our backyard. But we have cisterns and pits of we put our thought of our source in our people. We put our hope in our spouse. We put our hope in our families, our friends, our relationships. We put our hope in our jobs. We put our hope in our paychecks. We put our hope in so many worldly things that we have cut off the enjoyment, the pleasure, and the life that flows from the fountain of living waters. We receive from God, and we put it in a pool, and then we draw from this pool of standing water. What happened to the flow of living waters? You've drawn from it, and you've gathered for yourself, and now you've become a pool. And dare I say, it becomes a cesspool for things that are dangerous and hurtful for us but also for others. Why do we do this? The Holy Spirit is reminding me because we don't see the source where this living water is flowing from. Maybe we don't trust that water. Maybe that will dry up or run out. But if I keep a little bit on the side for me, amen? If I keep a little bit on the side on a rainy day, I got this much I, I, I could take care of this area because I've taken care of some things on my own. But the Lord is saying, trust the living waters. You may not be able to see how it's coming. You may not be able to see where it's coming from. But you got to trust that there's life in those waters. And if God is the source and you keep your eyes on Jesus, he will still bring it out. How many have ever seen God provide for you in ways that you did not expect? Amen. How many of you have seen God provide for you through people that you never expected? Come on. How many of you have seen God provide for you in places that you never expected to be provided for from? Amen. That's because where did it come from? It's not because you had a trusted source. You had the fountain of living water flowing and it came into your life. And he's asking all of us today, break down those. It's already broken, by the way. There's cracks in your hum, human man-made cisterns. There's already cracks in that. It's already leaking even when you don't see it. Oh, it's already leaking even when you don't see it because the pit is already compromised because there's cracks in the ground and water is already seeping through whatever plaster seal that you try to protect your things from, whatever, how you try to protect your kids from, however you try to protect your marriage from, your future, your finances, your health, whatever you try to do, there's already cracks in the system. But I'm telling you right now, the cracks that you have made because of your efforts, let the Lord break down those cisterns completely shut it off shut the supply to that and trust and say God I'm not putting my trust in my sources I'm not putting my trust in my ability my efforts my my products my plans but I'm putting my trust in a heavenly God that will keep flowing down from the fountains and it will keep flowing not recycled water that a motor just pumps out but it's coming from a source that I don't know where it's coming from because God is the God of all God is the owner of all God is a provider for all. He is the creator of all. And he will provide for me in ways that I could never ask or imagine. Somebody give God a praise if you're thankful for the way that he provides. 
Break down the cisterns that are already broken. It's already broken, guys. You know where your cisterns are. You know where it is. You know that relationship. It's already broken. If it's not godly, if it's not in marriage, break it down. Shut it off. Break down that ungodly side hustle that you may have. If it's not of God, break it down. If it's of God, keep working at it. But don't let it be where you just pull up, pull up, pull up, and it just becomes a stagnant water. The Lord wants to remind all of us today, if it's flowing to us, it's got to flow through us. Because it says, John chapter 7, verse 37, 38, and 9, it says that if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not Jesus' heart. Whose heart? Whose heart? Pastor, no, whose heart? Our heart. Our heart. The, the water got to us. Now it can't pull up inside of us. It's got to flow from us. Let me tell you, you have a story that the Lord has blessed you with. Don't hoard your story. Don't keep your testimony to yourself. Share it with somebody in your life. I, if they're a believer, share it. If they're an unbeliever, share it. Because they need your story. Let it flow from your life. If you receive living waters from Christ, if you receive that living water of Christ, let that living water flow out of your heart to somebody else. Now you turn into a blessing more than you are just blessed. Amen? And let me also address finances. Let me address finances. Even when the Lord blesses you in that area, don't become a pool and a cesspool. Let it flow through you. God will, I, this is the principle I live by and I believe and I stand on. If he can trust it to get it to you, if he trusts you to get it through you, he will get it to you. Amen? If he can trust you to get it through you, that you won't keep it to yourself, hoard it, and keep it for yourself. But if he can get it through you, I'm not saying like you got to give away everything. If the Lord speaks to you to do that, you do obedient to the Lord. But whatever you need for your life, you need. Whatever the Lord is calling for, you got to give it to the Lord. Whatever the Lord is asking you to give sacrificially in whatever ways that the Lord gives you, you do it. If he can get it through you, he will get it to you. That's what I believe. That's my testimony. I can say the Lord has blessed us. The Lord has taken care of us. It was scary and it gets scary at times. But I'm telling you right now, the Lord has blessed us in, from places and from people that the Lord, I, I was been and we have been blown away. I'm telling you right now, I'll be frank with you. We have been blown away by how God blesses us. We don't rely on a paycheck. We're thankful for a paycheck. We don't live our life off a paycheck. We're thankful for a paycheck. But I show and I tell and I teach our kids and our family and also this church. You give to the Lord what is already due to him. And you live off what you can. But then also you make sure you give to wherever you can give sacrificially above and beyond the tithe. You give to the Lord. Give to people. Be generous with whatever you can. And the Lord will keep getting it to you. Amen. It's living waters. It will flow. It will flow. It will flow. If he can get it through you, he will get it to you anywhere, anyhow, from any place. And I get to saying, Lord, okay, keep bringing it. Keep bringing it. I have no problem. Keep bringing it. I'll get it out to whoever you need me to get it out to. But we will keep receiving and we will keep giving. And I pray and declare that blessing over each and every one of us. Let us be a channel of blessing, not just a pool of blessed.
Amen? Not just be blessed, but be a channel of blessing. May the Lord bless us to do that. Out of this heart will flow rivers of living water. Share your testimony. Let the Lord flow through you with the, the tangible financial blessings and even with the spiritual blessings. Listen, let your worship flow through your heart. Please don't give him programmed worship. Please don't give him scheduled worship. Oh my God. Please don't give him worship that is prescribed and put on a set schedule and put on a screen. Give him worship that you don't need YouTube for. Give him worship that you don't need a worship team for. Give him worship you don't need anyone else for. Give him worship without a song. Give him worship without music. Give him worship from your heart. Let it flow through you. If the living waters of Christ is flowing in you, let it flow out of you in worship. Amen? Amen? Why can't we? Why can't we? Are we nervous? Are we scared? Why? No one here did anything for me. Spiritually, no one here died on the cross for me. No one here died on the cross for anyone here died on the cross for you? No. No, not even your spouse. I've been married to my wife as of yesterday, 17 years. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Yeah, praise God for that. But guess what? She ain't died for me. And she's a really tough cookie sometimes. Even when I whine and cry about some aches and pains and like boo-boos and all that stuff, she's like, whatever. I said, get over it. As I say that, I'm remembering, to, I'm saying this smiling, but in two years ago around this time, it was a hard time. It was a stressful time. And I didn't realize what that time was doing to my health and my body. And I was at a uh, physical therapy session, and something happened there. I had a medical episode, and um, the doctors and professionals there, and even uh, Pastor Jordy was there. I think he's the one that broke the camel's back, but <laughs> he's saying no. I had a medical episode there. They called the ambulance, and they came and did everything, checked everything. They said, everything looks fine. Do you want to go to the hospital? I said no. They took me home, and then a few hours later, they came to the house, and uh, they said, no, you need to go to the hospital. And George and me drove me to the hospital. Sharon was in the car, and uh, <laughs> we got to the hospital, the emergency room, and there's not many people that can go in at that time, and I was nervous because there was still COVID presence at that time, I think, and I heard what happens, what could happen when you go to the hospital at that time, and I was internally nervous, but trying to be tough on the outside. And when he got to the hospital, I said, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Cher, you coming with me? She's like, no. <laughs> so I walked in by myself, waited, went to the ER, did everything. And more than the connection to Sharon or anything like that, there was a, a song that was sung or being played uh, at that point. I don't know if it was in the car or on the phone. But it was a song that uh, they started a little earlier, in the earlier time of worship. It said, let your living waters flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has troubled my mind. Come and lay your burdens to the one I know.
in that high stressful season. I was trying to do a lot on my own, my own abilities, my own strength, and it required effort at that time without realizing what it was doing to me physically, but also maybe even spiritually. Putting out, putting out, putting out without letting God replenish and restore and revive and refresh. And that song really hit the spot in that moment. Let your living waters flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit Come and take control of every situation that has troubled my mind. Lord, I come and lay my burdens to the one I know. In this scripture, the living waters that it's referring to is the Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit. You and I cannot come into relationship with Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit leading us, drawing us to the cross, drawing us to Jesus Christ. Not just drawing us to Jesus Christ. We cannot live without the Holy Spirit daily, present, alive, and well, active in our daily life so that we could live a victorious Christian life. Thanks for joining this week on the One Church Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. If you're ready to start a relationship with Jesus, give your life to Jesus, and make Him the Lord of your life and receive salvation, Please contact us at info at onechurchonline.com. We hope you found value in this podcast, and we would appreciate you sharing us with others and telling your friends and family to follow along with us. Our prayer and hope is that this podcast can reach countless lives. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify at OneChurchLI. And visit us at our website, onechurchonline.com. Here at One Church, our vision is to see Jesus. We exist to reach the one with the love of Jesus and for all to live like Jesus. We want to see Jesus in each other and we pray and believe there is more for you.